chapter nine of sowing and reaping by francis e w harper this librivox recording is in the public domain chapter nine bell gordon bell gordon was a christian she had learned or tried to realize what is meant by the apostle paul when he said ye are bought with a price to her those words meant the obligation she was under to her heavenly father for the goodness and mercy that had surrounded her life for the patience that had borne with her errors and sins and above all for the gift of his dear son the ever-blessed christ faith to her was not a rich traditional inheritance a set of formulated opinions received without investigation and adopted without reflection she could not believe because others did and however plausible or popular a thing might be she was too conscientious to say she believed it if she did not and when she became serious on the subject of religion it was like entering into a wilderness of doubt and distress she had been taught to look upon god more as the great and dreadful god than as the tender loving father of his human children and so strong was the power of association that she found it hard to believe that god is good and yet until she could believe this there seemed to be no resting-place for her soul but in course of time the shadows were lifted from her life faith took the place of doubting and in the precious promises of the bible she felt that her soul had found a safe and sure anchorage if others believed because they had never doubted she believed because she had doubted and her doubts had been dispelled by the rays of heaven and believing she had entered into rest feeling that she was bought with a price she realized that she was not her own but the captive of divine love and that her talents were not given her to hide beneath a bushel or to use for merely selfish enjoyments that her time was not her own to be frittered away by the demands of fashion or to be spent in unavailing regrets every reform which had for its object the lessening of human misery or the increase of human happiness found in her an earnest ally on the subject of temperance she was terribly in earnest every fibre of her heart responded to its onward movement there was no hut or den where human beings congregated that she felt was too vile or too repulsive to enter if by so doing she could help lift some fallen soul out of the depths of sin and degradation while some doubted the soundness of her religious opinions none doubted the orthodoxy of her life little children in darkened homes smiled at the sunlight of her presence as the sunlight of her presence came over their paths reformed men looked upon her as a loving counsellor and faithful friend and sister women wretched and sorrowful dragged down from love and light by the intemperance of their husbands brought to her their heavy burdens and by her sympathy and tender consideration she helped them bear them she was not rich in this world's goods but she was affluent in tenderness sympathy and love and out of the fullness of her heart she was a real minister of mercy among the poor and degraded believing that the inner life developed the outer she considered the poor and strove to awaken within them self-reliance and self-control feeling that one of the surest ways to render people helpless or dangerous is to crush out their self-respect and self-reliance 
she thought it one of the greatest privileges of her life to be permitted to scatter flowers by the wayside of life other women might write beautiful poems she did more she made her life a thing of brightness and beauty do you think she will die said bell gordon bending tenderly over a pale and fainting woman whose face in spite of its attenuation showed traces of great beauty not if she is properly cared for she has fainted from exhaustion brought on by overwork and want of proper food tears gathered in the eyes of bell gordon as she lifted the beautiful head upon her lap and chafed the pale hands to bring back warmth and circulation let her be removed to her home as soon as possible said the doctor the air is too heavy and damp for her i wonder where she lives said bell thoughtfully scanning her face as the features began to show returning animation round the corner said an urchin she's joe cough's wife i seed her going down the street with a great big bundle and ma'am said she looked like she was going to topple over where's her husband i don't know i spect he's down to jim green's saloon what does he do he don't do nothin but ma'am says she works awful hard come this way said he with a quickness gathered by his constant contact with street life up two flights of rickety stairs they carried the wasted form of mary gough and laid her tenderly upon a clean but very poor bed in spite of her extreme poverty there was an air of neatness in the desolate room bell looked around and found an old teapot in which there were a few leaves there were some dry crusts in the cupboard while two little children crouched by the embers in the grate and cried for the mother bell soon found a few coals in an old basin with which she replenished the fire and covering up the sick woman as carefully as she could stepped into the nearest grocery and replenished her basket with some of good the things of life is it not too heavy for you for your might said paul clifford from whose grocery bell had bought her supplies can i not send them home for you no i don't want them sent home they are for a poor woman and her suffering children who live about a square from here in lear's court paul stood thoughtfully a moment before handing her the basket and said that court has a very bad reputation had i not better accompany you i hope you will not consider my offer as an intrusion but i do not think it is safe for you to venture there alone if you think it is not safe i will accept of your company but i never thought of danger for myself in the presence of that fainting woman and her hungry children do you know her her name is mrs gough i think i do if it is the person i mean i remember her when she was as light-hearted and happy a girl as i ever saw but she married against her parents consent a worthless fellow named joe gough and in a short time she disappeared from the village and i suppose she has come home broken in health and broken in spirit and i am afraid she has come home to die are her parents still alive yes but her father never forgave her her mother i believe would take her to her heart as readily as she ever did but her husband has an iron will and she has got to submit to him where do they live at number two hundred Ron street but here we are at the door paul carried the basket upstairs and sat down quietly while bell prepared some refreshing tea and toast for the feeble mother and some bread and milk for the hungry children what shall i do 
said bell looking tenderly upon the wan face i hate to leave her alone and yet i confess i do not prefer spending the night here of course not said paul looking thoughtfully into the flickering fire of the grate oh i have it now i know a very respectable woman who occasionally cleans out my store just wait a few moments and i think i can find her said paul clifford turning to the door in a short time he returned bringing with him a pleasant-looking woman whose face in spite of the poverty of her dress had a look of genuine refinement which comes not so much from mingling with people of culture as from the culture of her own moral and spiritual nature she had learned to look up and not to look down to lend a helping hand wherever she felt it was needed her life was spent in humble usefulness she was poor in this world's goods but rich in faith and good works no poor person who asked her for bread ever went away empty sometimes people would say i wouldn't give him a mouthful he is not worthy and then she would say in the tenderest and sweetest manner suppose our heavenly father only gave to us because we are worthy what would any of us have i know she once said of a miserable sot with whom she shared her scanty food that he is a wretched creature but i wanted to get at his heart and the best way to it was through his stomach i never liked to preach religion to hungry people there is something very beautiful about the charity of the poor they give not as the rich of their abundance but of their limited earnings gifts which when given in a right spirit bring a blessing with them End of chapter nine